Hello, welcome to the Unsworn Gamer. I'm your host, Rob, and it's a very hot Monday here in the UK. I'm joined by the Twitch chat, as you can see right here. And they have joined me, so we can talk about the 10 Age of Sigmar events, the 10 Age of Sigmar events that we had this weekend in the Galette Battle Pack. So this is the new GHB. These are all the new lists and um, people doing well at events with a variety of different lists. There's all new armies as well, Sylvaneth and Nighthorn, all the new stuff out on the tabletop doing really well. So there's loads to talk about, there's loads to break down, and it's very interesting. So we're gonna rifle through this, and we're gonna try and do a follow-up video as well, where we maybe look at some of those lists in more intimate detail and explain exactly how they work, because there's some really amazing overlapping combinations especially for some of the really talented players around the world it's super fun to talk about but if i did that right now it would take eight hours to do it so i'll do them individually later on which is nice so it is hot in here hello twitch chat thanks for joining me if you are watching us on youtube do like and subscribe because uh, that'd be great and thank you to everyone that also gave a patreon uh, who support the show and the only reason i'm able to do the show okay all right so the first event the first event we're looking at was in the Netherlands. It was called Bloodstorm, Storm of Blood. Now, that's that's a great name. That's all I'm going to say. Right, so the list that came first was run by Nico. And Nico was running a list that we saw do well in the previous version of uh, Age of Sigmar. So before this GHB, with Lord Afflictions, with Overpowering Stench, and the Split Horn Helm. Uh, so his ability to turn off command abilities uh, in a 7, 9-inch or a 1 of the 2. Uh, Bellacore the Dark Master who's able to obviously turn off the ability of a unit to move and fight and shoot on a three-up. So a load of control there, which is particularly good because he's got what we call an alpha blocking army. So he's got a unit of four Puskal Blight Lords and then four units of two Puskal Blight Lords who all have pre-game moves. And then what they do is they pre-game move, they charge, and then they fight. And then they just pin you into the back of the board so you aren't able to do much as the Nurgle army summons and then puts other units on the board. Now, there's actually some really interesting things to say because this actually, in my opinion, um, is gonna be really representative of Age of Sigmar lists that do well. Castle builds could do quite well in the previous version of Age of Sigmar because you had a bunch of, um, so these are lists that maybe move slowly into the mid board and try to create screens and, and normally shoot from them. Um, because the way the battle tactics were set up, you could achieve quite a few of them as your castle kind of like dealt with stuff at range or fort stuff. That's not quite true in this version of Age of Sigmar, and in my opinion, this version of Age of Sigmar, having played at the weekend, is all about units that can go forward very aggressively. So fast units and units that can move forward really fast, I think are going to be very, very strong. And so units like Puskal Blightlords or Gore Grunters, um, units that are very forward engaging, I think are going to do very well in this version of Age of Sigmar. And this Nurgle list, I think, is still just very good at that. You've got loads of really good battle tactics that you can achieve in when you move forward, like desecrate their lands, um, or being able to take two units in their object in their territory. Just those two alone means that in conjunction with the easiest battle tactic available against all odds, which is just holding an objective literally against zero odds, with all of the odds available to you, is what it should be called, um, that already puts you on three out of five battle tactics without really having to achieve much or try overly hard which is good and seeing as this army also is going to pin you in and make it so you can't hold many primary objectives as in hold objectives i think that that could be a playstyle that does really well in this edition in my opinion 
Um, so that's that over. Like, I won't have to talk about the fact that you're going to need to move forward in the future and do well with this. In, that's my opinion, anyway. Um, so well done to Nico. Now, Lex was running a Nighthorn list. So he was running the Quicksilver Dead, which meant his units of Dreadside Haradins, which have 41 attacks each, ignore ward saves. He was also running what we call an MSU list. So multiple small units. And there's multiple small units make it so that each charge that the Nighthorn army does, uh, you apply a debuff, effectively. Um, I think the I think 8 is minus 1 save, which is good, and it stacks. So you can have a unit at like minus 2, minus 3 save. So it doesn't really matter that the Dreadside Haradins don't have any rend, particularly. They also get plus 1 to hit and plus 1 to wound when, um, they, when a unit near them is wounded, I think it's within 6 inches, or there's a unit that's lost a model within 6 inches. And when they charge, they're also minus 1 to be wounded as well. And... If you've ever played with Nighthaunt or against Nighthaunt, as long as you can roll four up armor saves, you're basically immortal. You basically do not ever die. In conjunction, he had a Cruel Gas Cruciator, which is, does an aura of minus one damage, which is really effective for keeping your units alive even more. And he has a unit of four Mimron Banshees, which are easily the most triggering unit in all of Age of Sigmar. For me personally, I'm joking. They did, I, I, I suffered at their hands at the weekend, and it was uh, it was a toughie. They project a 12-inch aura around them, and any units, or any Nighthorn units, wholly within that aura, um, and you can string them out quite wide, so it's pretty good. Um, you you uh, you ignore save roll. Uh, sorry, you uh, you get to roll another dispel on a spell basically. So if you move an end spell over them, they get to try and roll it to stop it. If you cast a spell on the unit, they um, one of their wizards gets to try and unbind, and then they also do another unbind as well. So it's just incredibly good. Yeah, uh, Lex gave his opponents bingo cards. If they got all debuffs, they had bingo. <laughs> What a horrible and amazing thing to do. That's so good. Uh, <laughs> Lex says uh, he also was running the Black Coach, which he said he didn't use. Useful. Well, he's in the chat with us right now, which is good. Every Monday on the on the Honest War Gamer is pretty much where the, the tournament gamers from around the world come and hang out and talk about the lists and how they've done, which is good because it's also part of the... Um, uh, many of these people are also on worlds or national teams, so we all know each other from around those areas as well. And if you are someone who knew and you want to find stuff out, you should jump into the chat because there's some really great stuff. Even if you're just a casual gamer... We're pretty casual people, um, and as you just saw, bingo cards uh, tells you that. The hex rates move incredibly fast. They can move up to 24 inches, uh, and we heard Lex say that he likes to use them to just put them in front of his opponent so they can't move out their deployment on the first turn, which is really good. He's got a double battle regiment, so he's got a two-drop. That's going to be really interesting as well. My friend Rob, uh, so Warhammer Rob and Ziggy, who do the stats, but Warhammer Rob from the stat center uh, provided me some information that if you, I think if you have below five drops you've got like a 77 percent chance of getting the choice to go first i think two drops is a really great place to be for a battle uh, a double battle regiment so that you get some strong choices in what you build into your list and then he has uh, two spirit torments uh, which are able to t return three models at the end of the combat phase as well which is just really good uh, really really good um, yeah, and then one, uh, two drops outdrops all new battalion players. So if you're using unmatched conquerors, which is where you count as three on an objective, and a battle regiment, minimum is three. If you're doing bounty hunters and battle regiment, minimum is three. So two drops is a really clever place to give you some more list building options if you want to, and pretty much guarantee the one drop. Although I did actually play, I played this weekend, uh, and I played a one drop, and I played against two other one drops, uh, which I won the roll off uh, both in, which was lovely, just FYI. Um, 
Uh, anyway, okay, so uh, loads to break out. So Mimron Banshees, Spell Ignore, Dreadside Harridans, tons of attacks, as we talked about. Threes and threes. Hex Race for blocking, Spirit Tournaments for healing, Cruel Gas for debuffs, Guardian of Souls, in there with Master of Magic and Midnight Tome. Okay, oh, and then the Cheeky Purple Sun. The Cheeky Purple Sun, yeah? The absolutely not a problem Purple Sun. Um, then you've got Morgan. Uh, so now Morgan was playing with the Sylvaneth Heartwood list. Uh, he had a Lower of the Other Queen, Arch Revenant, six Colonel Hunters with Great Bows and three with Scythes, two units of five Tree Revenants and the Spike Swarm Hive. He had Bounty Hunters and he had Expert Conquerors. Now, we've got lots to talk about here. Um, this really deserves like a deep list tech dive, which I'm going to do. Um, but effectively, because he's got Heartwood, the Colonel Hunters become Battleline. Thanks to the chat for helping me with some of this, by the way. Uh, the Arch Revenant gives a plus one to Wound Aura and has a command ability for plus one attacks. That plus one to Wound Aura, though, is not restricted to melee, which creates some problems because your six Colonel Hunters with Great Bows in Heartwood, you pick three units with plus one to hit. Uh, that you get to do plus one to hit against, basically, in, your, in the enemy army. So there's thir six Kurnoth Hunters with Great Bows are always pretty much on threes and twos, rend one, d3 damage, which is amazing when you're doing it at that range. Alariel is also able to drop a unit of other Bow Hunters or Fighty Hunters if you want, and you've got six Kurnoth Hunters with Great Scythes, which are going to do some pretty good jobs of messing up some units on objectives as well. He's got two units of five Tree Revenants that are in un um, Expert Conqueror, so they're going to count as 15 for holding objectives, which is so good when they can teleport around the board. He's got Spite Swarm Hive, which gives you plus three to move and plus three to charge, and that's really important for Our Lady Alariel. Alariel has got... Movement 16. Now, if you add the Warsinger trait for plus 3 move to Sylvaneth units holier than 12, that means she moves up to 19, and then the Spite Swarm Hive is able to make her move 22 inches. She charges, fights, and as long as she's in range of a tree, as long as she's in range of a tree, then she's going to be able to strike and fade, which means she activates, she fights, she does all of her fighting, and if, I, and if uh, the Arch Revenant wants, can give plus 1 attack to all of her melee weapons. And then she just moves away, so you never even get to fight her back. So turn, um, like, in the Sylvaneth turn, they can hit you with any, a Goddess of Life, shoot you with 12 shots, or um, with another three bows, 18 shots at range, uh, then teleport away, and you haven't done anything, right? Um, I find bows are useless, uh, are useless unless ran in a nine. <laughs> what? Okay, well, this is, this is two lists over two weeks that we've seen six of them in, uh, which is really good. Um, uh, I played a game yesterday where I took Sun 500 points to say, brilliant spell. <laughs> brilliant spell, I agree. <laughs> yes. So, like, just just picture that for a moment. Yeah? Charges in, hits you, just kills whatever you're fighting, and then teleports away. It's pretty incredible, right? Uh, Wildwood or Overgrown Terrain features. Yes. So, load of options for teleporting away. Uh, thanks, Bart's Wargaming, for resubscribing. And you can also extend the range if you choose the right season. Although the season, I don't think, is written on here. Um, but if you choose the right season, the range of those can go up to 12 inches. And I think that that's the season that would have been chosen. Hello, Donaldinho in the chat. Just a shout-out to Donal in the chat, who went 4-1 with Gloom Spike Gits over the weekend. Also, importantly, and most importantly, got second best painted with a Slap-Chopped army. Uh, just proving Slap-Chop is for the painting meta as well as everyone else. Uh, it, oh, it is down. Is it? Or is it down? Grand strategy. I don't know where I see it written here. Glade? Allegiance? 
I don't see where the the range is on this list. But anyway, um, okay. So uh, that's uh, bottom list, bottom of the list. Okay, well, lovely, thank you. So that was was that Morgan, bottom of the list. Season of War, the Reaping. There we go. All right, thanks very much. Sorry. Um, and then Thomas uh, was running uh, a Sylvaneth list, but now this Sylvaneth list was different. Yeah, or different. So this is Warsong Revenant, Tree Lord Ancient, Dreicher, three times five tree um, tree revenants. And then two units of three, Colonel Thunders with Great Swords, Cogs, the Vengeful Skull Root, and the Spite Swarm Hive. And this is a Mortal Wound AoE army. What this does is it gets rerolls to cast from the Chronomantic Cogs. It's in Gnarl Root, so it's got a 3d6 cast once per hero phase, which is great. Um, it's got the... Uh, there's loads. There's loads on this. This is... I, like, I want to make sure... Because I know some of what it does. Um, like, Verdus Army returns a Colonel Thunter. The Spellsinger, I think, is also a reroll cast as well. Um, or it might be an... Or, no, Spellsinger is... Sorry, Portal. So the ability to cast spells through a Wildwood. But unlike Portal, so Umbral Portal, you're able to do it with every spell that they cast, um, which is crazy good. Um, so you could do multiple spells through Wildwoods and he's going to want to do his War Scroll spell which is an AoE Water Wound Bomb and in addition put the Vengeful Skull Root through which for 60 points is an incredible spell like um, really good uh, like so good someone that seems so strong right now so scary yes yeah, super good very, very good. Because the problem is, is if you build anti-magic to stop this version of Sylvaneth, then the other version of Sylvaneth just shoots your face off. Okay? Like, crazy good. I was lucky enough to play Sylvaneth this weekend. However, uh, the tournament I was playing in, they chose the five worst battle plans from Age of Sigmar. So we played the five worst, and I managed to play a lovely man called Tom, and he was playing with a very teleporty Dreadwood Sylvaneth list and was unable to do any teleports on that battle plan. So his entire army was basically just moved five inches, and it sucked. Like, wasn't really a game. It was unfortunate, right? Uh, so, yeah, th there's loads to break down with this list, but it's like a mortal wound AoE bomb spell, and it's great. Super good. We'll talk about that more in detail uh, on another show. Um, then in sixth, we've got Jeffrey. Now, Jeffrey's list, we're going to need to do a deep dive on. So I'm just going to tell you what it was, uh, and then we'll do a deep dive on another show again. So Slaughter Queen on Cauldron of Blood, Blood Rat Medusa, Hag Queen, and the High Gladiatrix. Then 30 Sisters of Slaughter, two lots of 10 Witch Elves, 10 Blood Sisters, 5 Doomfire Warlocks, and 2 units of 5 Heart Renders. Then the Heart of Fury, and then Lack 1, the Soul Seeker. Okay? There's so much to talk about there that I'm going to speak to Jeffrey. Hopefully he's going to write it up for me, and then I'm going to be able to tell you all about it. Okay? All right? Which will be good. Shout out to Jeffrey. Uh, great job. He also went 4-1 with that list as well. Nice seeing Daughters of Cain in there. No Bow Snakes, no Marathi, right? Uh, thanks, Jimbo. Uh, right. And then in ninth, not in, in ninth place, but also going 4-1, is another Sylvaneth list, Alariel. This is in Heartwood, so Colonel Thunters a battle line. But this time, instead of having six bow hunters, it's scythe hunters. Two units of five tree revs, a unit of three revenant seekers, which will be able to return one of those units, uh, one of those um, Kurnoth models a turn, which is pretty good. Uh, especially when you've also then got Verduous Harmony from the Arch Revenant, which also allows you to return one. So returning two is pretty strong. Uh, Alariel being able to whip across the board and do all their fighting seems strong to me as well. Okay, especially with the Spice Swarm Hive. Warsing has got the same thing. Plus, um, plus three inches to move. Spice Swarm Hive, so you can still do the Yeet, yeet Alariel in teleport back yeah 
crazy. Proper strike and fade. Strike and fade, strike and fade, strike and fade. Okay, so that's everything that's happening in the Netherlands. Loads like Silvernet doing really well, crushing it, which is really fun. We've got a nice hot Daughters of Cain list in there. Nighthorn in play. Puscor Blight Lords still proving they've got the metal, uh, which is just wicked to see. On to the next event. Down. In Canada, at the Hogtown Hoedown, Mark Polinsky proved that you don't need to be a fish out of water. Oh, fuck, I'm not going to carry on with that. Anyway, he took Inet Deepkin. There he is. And he was playing more fan. More fan, he was. And I'm a fan of him. Well done. Congratulations. Uh, he was running Lotan, the, uh, as Hazel in the chat said, Gotan, uh, the plus one to wound aura fishmaster. Yeah, let's go. Then he's got an Isran Soul Render uh, with the Arcade Tome. And then he's got the Slap King, the Achillean King with the Void Chill Darkness, right? That's that command trait, which is just the auto pick because um, he can just murder most things. The Isran Soul Scryer um, as well. And then he's got two units of two units of 10 Reavers. So they're going to be doing 20 shots each. So that's 40 shots. You really need that in the current version of... Um, uh, the, like you, you really need those in the current version of Age Sigmar. Um, so that you can deal with the unrendable ghosts, in my opinion. Then he's got a unit of Namati Thralls. Again, loads of attacks from those more Namati Thralls. He's got 20 attacks, which is good. And then he's got uh, two units of two Alapexes, which are just amazing. They're just a great gun platform. That's going to be eight shots each that do D3 damage at range, but they're also a fighting unit. An Alapex is cheaper than a unit of Flamers, and it is almost as good. Like, almost as good. Like, uh, at shooting. It's crazy good. And they're also a fighting unit. And they've got ten. They've got twice the wounds. They're less points. They're so crazy good, Alapex is. So good. Um, oh, yeah. You guys can't see it. Sorry. Apologies. There we go. It's This is the list. All the links to the list will obviously be in the show notes below. Okay. Uh, shout out to Rob, who always sends me them. He's always been a babe for doing it. And also, um, Ziggy is going to be crunching these all into what the new version of Age of Sigmar stats looks like for this edition. And I'm very excited to see what it looks like. Um, uh, and then he had a unit of Allied in Heartrenders, which is a hot pick. Uh, just for dropping down, I guess. Uh, grabbing some battle tactics, doing some stuff. I kind of like it. Uh, Bounty Hunters. In Bounty Hunters, he had... Uh, the uh, Alapexes, no, the Heartrenders were Bounty Hunters, as were the Alapexes were Bounty Hunters. And then the Thralls and the Reavers were Unmatched Conquerors. So he's gone for both of the new battalions. So he's really going to be able to do well on the primary, and if he fights any galley vets, he's going to do loads of damage. Now, this is only a 10-person event, but congratulations on going 5-0, and good luck to you. Okay. So just a quick jump back in time. We're going to go back to the old GHB. And wrapping up their Masters series in Texas was the Texas Masters Grand Tournament. Here we've got a picture of the biker gang from the table uh, over there. So a bunch, of, a bunch of legends and people that we know in that picture. Um, now, so this is old. So this is the new book and new points, but it was the old GHB. So the old GHB was in effect, uh, which means we're not going to go through the list in detail, uh, but congratulations to everyone uh, who did really well. Tom Guan, with his Bone Splitters Dragfoot Army, with his 12 units of big stabbers, uh, was able to take out the event. Up against James West, who also did really well on four wins and a draw. Uh, Dimitri Hocharge, I got four wins. Benjamin Richardson, uh, sorry, Dimitri took Ineth Deepkin and he had Nautilar, so I'm pretty certain there'll be a turtle in there. He had Benjamin Richardson with his Osart Bone Reapers uh, with Petrifex Elite um, uh, on four wins. 
Andrea Fournier uh, with four wins with Seraphon Thunderlizard, Alex Brokenshire uh, with uh, on four wins with Ine Deepkin and Morfan. So that was the old book, uh, sorry, old GHB. But congratulations to them. Texas has got a really great way of doing interstate, oh, oh sorry, in inner state but intercity rivalry, which I think is really good. There's loads of great opportunities for you to look at a lot of their content. Specifically, look at the weird knobs. So, how it's spelled, <laughs> Weird Knobs Twitch stream. Uh, I know that they stream some of them games, so you can go and check them out uh, over on their Twitch if you want to do that. Okay, so the Southern Fried Open in Georgia, in Georgia, uh, was run by, in the chat himself, Bart's Wargaming, Mr. Barton Kelly, with his Cities of Sigmar list, uh, with a variety of different units in it. Uh, so, let me just take a moment to, to find the list. Uh, so he was running, not this, not the Demographic Knights. He was running here. Pretty fun. Uh, a Battle Mage. Uh, it, so this is a City of Sigmar list, sorry. All in Tempest Eye. He's running a Battle Mage, a Sorceress, a Rune Lord, Celestial Hurricane with Celestial Battle Mage, and a Warden King. A Warden King in 2022. Can we talk about that? Someone's moving a Warden King around the mortal realms, and I'm absolutely here for it. Okay, so he, there's a spell, the Aura of Glory, which gives plus one attack to a unit. And I'm pretty certain, as he's telling me in the chat, he's going to try and put that on a unit of hammerers that you can see, which means that they could get up to 81 attacks. 81 attacks, because they've got two attacks each base, and I'm almost certain the Warden King gives them plus one attack as well. So 81 attacks, and they do mortals on sixes to hit. Mortals! As if they were... Yeah, crazy. Iron... Dr uh, hammerers! In 2022! Right? Uh, oh yeah, all units get plus one attack. Yeah, it's an aura, of course. The aura of glory. Plus one attacks. Uh, so that's great. Uh, he had a battle mage uh, with uh, the command trait Master of Magic and the Arcane Tome, as is tradition. A sorceress, a rune lord, a celestial hurricane and a celestial battle mage, ten long beards, ten dread spears, five free guild pistoliers, and then 20 Iron Drakes, 20 Hammerers, and 20 Blackguard. Ravenax Gnashing Jaws, and the Purple Sun of Fun. That's it. Girls just want to have some fun. Um, so, uh, what does this list do? Well, it's got a lot of attacks from the Iron Drakes shooting at range. Pow, 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 pow. It's got lots of attacks from the Hammerers, as we talked about. Um, it's got some nice screens uh, in its battle line units, and it's got some great spell casting and even some nice shooting from the Hurricaneum as well. Bart must have played a little bit of a, a cheeky game to do so well with this, uh, so well done to him. Uh, he did say he's going to drop the unit of 20 Blackguard, um, and that seems right because mixing elves and dwarfs feels wrong. Okay, I'm all for people uh, of different backgrounds coming together and forming a stronger group as one, but not for elves and dwarfs. Not for them. Not for my fantasy setting. I'm against it. And I always will be. I always will be. Okay, other four ones at this event uh, included this amazing list. Uh, so let's just talk about this real quickly. Uh, so this was uh, Dave Jones with his Sons of Behemoth list, which is super fun. Uh, he had Kragnos, a Gatebreaker, a Kraken Eater, and then one Man Crusher Garrigan. But his Kraken Eater, which is in Taker Tribe... Um, had the Arcane Tome, and he brought the Purple Sun along with him, which I think is fantastic. He's got the Purple Sun, doesn't affect Mega Gargans, and Auto Slayer ability makes him only take D6 Mortal Wounds, so he can just throw at his opponent, and also adds to the Rend on his army, so he gets plus one Rend um, for units affected by within six inches, which is just 
great. Just great. Love that. Um, and people in the chat were really enjoying that, which I think is fun. Uh, we had uh, another Cities list do quite well, Rob Hall. And then we also had Kevin Lathers with his Fire Slayers list. Um, now, his Fire Slayers list had a Rune Master, a Rune Smiter, a Battlesmith, a Rune Smiter on Magmadroth, two Rune Sons on Magmadroth, and then a Rune Lord as an ally, which is like a cheeky pick. We think, me and the chat have worked this out together, we think it was like an anti-magic pick. 95 points to try and stop some spells. Seems like a sensible play. Uh, because he gets plus two to that. Uh, he also doubled up on that uh, by taking the Norsidian icon. And then he had 15 Auric Hearthguard, which were all in um, uh, Bounty Hunters. So damage two on those is going to be pretty incredible. And then he took all three of the Endless Invocations, the Flame Spirit of the Firewall and the Infernoth. Um, Purple Sun does affect Gargans, but you don't kill a Gargan. Um, it only takes D6 Mortal Wounds instead. So the Auto Slay ability doesn't work on a Gargan. Yeah, uh, some people may or may not know that. That's interesting. Okay, uh, so yeah, it looks like a really fun event in Georgia. They just told me. Oh, so uh, in the chat, Bart was telling me that they they almost doubled how many people they had that last year to this year, which means that their their community is growing, which is fun. So if you happen to be around there um, or somewhere near there, uh, do get in touch with them and see if you can uh, join in the fun. Okay, we're going over to the Midwest Bash now. Okay, so we've got some 5-0s, we've got some 4-1s, we've got some different sorts of lists, and I'm excited about this. Their scoring system was, um, although we had Tyler on five wins, their scoring system was based on battle points, which is effectively, I think, I'm pretty certain, was the points differential plus grand strats. So if you look at Tyler's list, um, looking at the points differential, 14, 13, 15, 10, and 13, whereas John Lindsay, who won the event, um, got a 21, 19, 19, 15, uh, and 11 okay so i think he got his grand strat so i think grand strats may have been worth two or something uh to put that together so shout out to john john managed to get this cool trophy look at that that lights up with his turbo dork um with his turbo dork uh painted crondis which is a bit of a nod to what the list is going to be so if we go through the um the lists in order of five o's we'll start with tyler emerson's list so Tyler was running a Celestin Prime, Lord Commander Bastian Carthos, all in the Hammers of Sigmar for a six-up ward, right? Uh, a Knight Relictor, obviously with the High Priest and Translocation for a two-up uh, Teleport. Uh, a Lord Castellan with the Arcane Tome of Celestial Blades for plus one to wound. Uh, plus one to wound, I'm pretty certain going on those 10 Protectors with 41 attacks. Um, uh, oh no, actually probably not 41 attacks because he's got the Star Soul Maces. So no, maybe not 41 attacks. Uh, the, the unit of 10 Protectors is also in Bounty Hunters. Uh, so plus one damage into Galivet. Then he's got two units of five Liberators, one in Expert Conquerors and one in Bounty Hunters for the ability to drop down five Liberators that are going to count as 15 on an objective. Then he's got 15 Judicators with Skybolt Bows. And then to round it off, he's got the Celestan Prime, Lord Commander Bastion, and Carthalus, both of whom can drop down from the sky, do some great damage or mortal wounds at range. Um, and then the Knight Relictor for the Teleport Lord Castellan, uh, as discussed. So Stormcast doing really well here in the Midwest, uh, which is fun. So congratulations to him. It was an 8-drop. Uh, now, oh, also this event also banned the Incarnate. Was, it was banned, I should have mentioned that, and each army got to take a free Underworld's Warband from their faction, so you were able to take an additional one. Okay, so uh, on, to, uh, on to John, 
uh, and he took Krondis, as we talked about, um, and the Lord Relictor. He was telling us that his little trick was to teleport Krondis with the um, Translocate spell, which is a, a pick-up and redeploy spell, and then use the plus three to cast on Krondis to cast the Purple Sun that he brought with him, uh, which is pretty good. He's also got the ability uh, to cast a spell from Krondis, uh, plus three to cast, uh, which reduces your save by one. So double that up with the Purple Sun, and the enemy army is already already at uh, minus two save or not the enemy army but at least one unit is minus two save before you even apply rend which is pretty scary then he had a unit of four dracothian guard tempesters he had a unit of judicators with bolt storm crossbows and then uh, a unit of dracothian guard desolators so unit of two and the purpose on his sheesh and then two storm strike chariots which are very good um like like very good uh, i love them loads of output loads of damage uh, really really fighty uh, and then he had Battle Regiment and he had Bounty Hunters. Uh, so his unit of uh, Desolators were in Bounty Hunters and his uh, unit of Storm Trek Chariot was also in Bounty Hunters as well, which is pretty good. Really fun list. Uh, it was his first GT as well. So he's in the chat, very happy for himself. First GT and, excitingly for him, um, a pretty unique list, uh, as are all the lists that I see come out of the Midwest. Always very unique. Um... Uh, other lists that went uh, 4-1 uh, was the Siege list being run by Cody Bailey. Uh, so Cody Bailey. And it had a Gaunt Summoner, a Kairos, Magistron Disc, Blue Scribes, Zangor Shaman, 10 Carricks, 3 Screamers, 20 Zangor. Um, 20 Zangor was pretty fun. And 3 Skyfires. Then the Burning Sigils each and the Umbral Spell Portal. I talked more about the Siege list, but Siege are getting their new book pretty soon. Um, so I think this is a summoning build that had lots of, because every time you cast a spell, you're able to obviously generate, uh, more spells. Um, sorry. Yeah. You're able to generate more fate points, which is really, really strong as well. And that Zangor just holding the line, great for holding an objective or holding objectives and also being able to cast spells over the top of it, uh, which I think is, uh, really good. We also saw Jeffrey Newman with his Magikin of Nurgle. He had two into two Puskal Blight Lords. He had Lord of Afflictions, Blob, and he had ten Blight Kings and five Blight Kings as well. Uh, and then we saw Zeno Kareli uh, with his... Sorry, we saw Walker Snap with his Sons of Behemoth, Take a Tribe, which was like two Kraken Eaters and a Gatebreaker, double bosses and Stomp. Um, they're back, baby. I think Gargants are super good in this version of Age of Sigmar. Loads of the objectives are in the middle of the board. Um, you can do some... Like, you can't get Purple Sunned, which is really nice. Um, I think you could do some really good stuff with Mega Gargants in the current version and the current GHB. Um, so, that's that's kind of my opinion there. Um, and then, Xeno Karelia with his Stormcast Eternals Celestial Vindicators list was running a Lord Relictor, a Knight Encanter... Two units of five Judicators. Uh, sorry, one unit of Judicators with Skyball Bows. One unit of Judicators with Bolt Storm Crossbows. Five Liberators. Three Aether Wings. And then two units of two Storm Drake Guard. And then two units of three Vanguard Raptors with Thunderbolt Volley. So he's like, oh, I can't believe you made it so I can't shoot my six twice. I'll take two threes uh, and I'll shoot one of the threes twice. <laughs> and then two units of two Storm Drake Guard as well, which is uh, really love, really lovely. And I love that. So that's everything at the Midwest Bash. Um, sounds like a fun event and great trophies as well so congratulations to everyone who did well there the next event Ragnarok the world goes dark was a was an 18 person event uh, held at the Ragnarok uh, store and um, uh, Russell Taylor won it with his Seraphon Thunder Lizard lift we've also got some Skaven in here as well which is fun okay so let's talk about this um, the Seraphon list is Lord Croak 
He's a forecast wizard, yeah, who is not unkillable, but it's more difficult to kill him because you can't really attrition him uh, because he rolls every time he takes damage in a phase. And as long as it doesn't equal 20 or more, he doesn't die. Then you've got a skink star priest um, with who's got the spell Bind Endless Spell, which is a fun little spell which is cast on a 7. Um, with the Astroth Banner Barrow, which is also in the list, it's going to be cast on a 6. You can also use the... the um, the constellation and give it plus one to cast uh, because you pick a wizard although probably you're always picking croak so that it casts on a five and what that does is you can pick a, a an enemy a, a, an endless spell within 18 inches and if the enemy is bonded isn't bonded to it like it's dead for example um, then you're going to be able to steal it and you can bond to it which means you can then control it and move it around the board which is a fun little thing uh, to happen so potentially stealing the enemy endless spell uh, then you've got the Engine of the Gods, and this thing is amazing for 265 points. I can't believe it's 265 points, right? Like, like just crazy stuff. It's crazy, crazy stuff. Um, because it does a load of different things. Specifically, you consult the table that's on it, and you can summon Saurus. You can do Mortal Wounds at range. You can do Heals in range. So that's really nice. Like, it's very good. You can use, because we're playing Thunder Lizard, which is minus one damage uh, on the Engine of the Gods, minus one damage uh, also on the Saurus Knights and Saurus Guard that are in this list as well, um, which is really, really good. Uh, because we're in there, we can activate it twice. We can use command ability to try and make it do mortal wounds at range twice or um, or try and summon units twice or whatever, right? It's crazy good, right? Crazy good. And then you've got... Um, and then it's got the command trait, the prime war beast, and the mount trait, Beastmaster, which means it's incredibly good in a fight. When you do the math on it, it does nuts numbers. So good. Like, a crazy output. It's also got the artifact, the incandescent retrosis, where if you kill it, if you finally dealt with this behemoth of output, if you kill it, then on a 4+, plus, four plus it comes back to life full wounds. Full wounds, which is crazy. And, I'm not finished, it's also a priest. So it's got the spell law, so it's chosen curse, which means if you do lots of shots, any more, any sixes to wound are going to cause a mortal, uh, sixes to hit are going to cause a mortal wound. Uh, which is great. And then there's another skin priest in there with a prayer heal. Then there's five Saurus Guard, two lots of five Saurus Knights, um, and then there's two Bacillodons with Solar Engine, which you can shoot at range, and also you could double tap one of them instead of double tapping the Engine of the Gods, um, which do great, like, they just do great shooting at range, and they're also Armadillos, so they're on a one-up armor save. He's then got the Chronomantic Cogs and the Spell Portal, so that Chronomantic Cogs means that he's going to reroll all his casts, which is incredible on Croak, who can have plus four to cast, and the Umbral Spell Portal for dishing out range, so with Comet's Call and... Um, the AOE spell that Croak can do, you can do that at range as well, right? Which is just, it's just crazy stuff. Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Like, really, really good. So well done to Russell for doing that. He must be super happy. Uh, going in the 4-1 bracket, we've got Beast of Chaos, Dragon Ogre, Shagoth, Great Brave Shaman, Zangor, Shaman. Two units of two go 10 Gore, a unit of six Dragon Ogres, the Cron Spine Incarnate of Gur, and then... Uh, a unit of Ungor Raiders uh, to move up the board and screen, and then two units Zangor Enlightened on Discs of Zinch, uh, one of the most fighty units in the game, especially from turn three onwards when they add plus one rend to all of their attacks. They do loads and loads and loads and loads of damage, which is great. Um, and the Crunchbinding Carnivore, obviously, uh, for tanking units and running around the board and being a menace. Uh, it was also in Gav Spawn, although there was no spawn in the list, I don't think. So that normally gives you plus one attack. Um, no, there's no spawn on the list. That normally lets you give plus one attack on a unit, but we haven't seen that in the list as well. Um, 
Uh, and then also we saw Skaven. So we saw Aaron Wilson do really well with his Skaven. Uh, just let you know, the Beast of Chaos was reinvented by Joseph McGow. Uh, and Skaven, he has Thankwall, um, who does have the ability to get up to plus four to cast uh, with four warp fire projectors for doing loads of mortal wounds at range. And he's in Lakwan, the Soul Seeker. So you can put him in the boat, teleport him forward. Uh, and then if he wants to, he can cast the Purple Son of Sheesh, which is really good. The Vermin Lord's Deceiver that's also in this list um, has got the ability to uh, teleport himself up to within six inches. He's got the command trait Devious Adversary, and if he strikes before anyone else gets to strike, then, um, so goes first, then he gets plus two attacks to all of his melee weapons. He's also got the Spell Law Flaming Weapons, which takes his Warpstone Stiletto up to damage three. On his six attacks, he'll have eight attacks that are damage three, as well as all of the uh, other attacks, which he gets plus two from. And then he's got the uh, artifact, the Shadow Magnet Trinket, which gives him all strikes first as well. Warlock Bombardier's in the list for more and more warp power, which is plus one to hit, plus one to wound on his unit of six Storm Fiends, which are going to cause loads of output. He's got two units of 20 Clan Rats for holding objectives and being screens, and he's got five Gutter Runners for dropping in the back of the board and causing some issues uh, on those backfield objectives as well. Um, yeah, really fun. Looks like some really fun lists there. Three very different armies. Seraphon, a bit of a holdover from the last edition, uh, but great seeing Beast of Chaos and Skaven as well. Really fun. Love that. Hello. Uh, <laughs> next event Next event we're going to look at is in the Philippines, who ran their very first Age of Sigmar two-day event. Thank you to Q-Ball for resubscribing. Ever. Now, they had to use the old GHB because the new GHB isn't out there yet. Shouting out the reason that we should obviously have digital books so the whole community can play at the same time, which would be good. Um, so this is Wartilio Wargaming Tournament in the Philippines. Had their first two-dayer. Uh, shout out to Dennis David with his chaos with his Skaven army who went 5-0, and then also to Miguel Alguer with his destruction army, uh, which we know was Sons of Behemoth, who went 4-0 as well. Uh, sorry, 4-1. He went 4-1. So that's really exciting. It's really fun. I hope in the stats uh, done by Ziggy and Rob um, have helped people want to get those two-day events in there in their little local communities. I think that's really sweet and wicked. Uh, more of that in the future. Uh, so now we've got little, we can add Philippines to the map, put them in there as well. So more events to there in the future. Loads of love to everyone playing in that event. The next event that we're going to talk about is the Midwest Makeup. The Midwest Makeup. Now, I'm truly excited by this event because Michael Rausch, or Swaggy Shadow Sword, as I know him in the chat, um, has made a list that, for me, it's an OCR Bone Reapers list, is proper exciting. I was just talking with the chat in between when we were recording, and I was saying that I personally think that this edition of Age Sigmar is in a fantastic place with loads of different books that are overly complicated and, and, and completely not good for, for casual players, but really excellent for someone like me uh, and other people in the chat because there's so much tech and fun that you're going to be able to enjoy. And, the, and, and because of that, the dice rolls become incredibly important um, when you're playing at a certain level. If you're playing and you're fairly casual, uh, it will be incredibly daunting when people do some of the tricks and combos that are available now to some of the lists. But... Oh my goodness, is it fun to do. Okay, and and Swaggy Shadow Sword, or Michael Rouse, sorry, um, went 5-0 at the Midwest Makeup, and he did it with an incredibly exciting list, uh, and I'm going to talk about why it's exciting. So he's playing OCR Bone Reapers, and he's playing them in Petrifex Elite, and they ignore the first pip of Rend, which already makes them nice and survivable, which we, we like. He's then got 
Leech Cavalos with the Godbone Armor, which gives him a two-up armor save. Like, and it's a plus one attack aura, which is really great on his two units of 20 Mortec Guard or his Cavalos Death Riders. And that's a unit of 10, okay? Which is uh, 30 wounds, right? Which is good. Ignoring that Pip of Rend, which is cool. And the 20 Mortec Guard are great with the Soul Mason and the Bone Shaper behind them uh, for Empower Naderite Weapons, or like, which is good. So, um, so they get... Whatever it does on fives. Whatever it does on sixes goes on fives. Uh, and then Arkan's the techie bit inside this, which I absolutely love. Arkan's got pluses to cast, but he's also got a command ability which, ex which extends the spell range of spells that you cast. When you cast an endless spell, you aren't casting an endless spell. You're casting a spell to set up an endless spell. That's how it works. It's slightly different to Age of Sigmar 2. And why this is exciting is extending that spell range is great because he's taken a couple of really great spells. He's taken Chronomantic Cogs for reroll casts, which is great. But the bit that's really exciting is the Bone Tithe Shrieker. Uh, so that's a really cool spell. It's exactly the same as Horogast, which anyone can take in Age of Sigmar, but you can only take the Bone Tide Shrieker in OCR Bone Reapers. Now, it costs 10 points more. You set it up within 12 inches, but if it's Arcan, you set it up within 18 inches, and it moves 8 inches, so that's a 26-inch move. And any unit within 12 inches, not wholly within, is uh, can't use Inspiring Presence and isn't allowed to use the Rally Command Ability, which is amazing. Which means once you get your Death Riders in, or your Bortec Guard into the fight, so when you do some fighting, then what you're able to do is they just can't rally. Uh, oh, sorry, they can't even use Inspiring Presence. So they're just going to run away, like, in droves. So people rely on Inspiring Presence so much, which is really good. Uh, and then they can't rally, so it's anti-beast of chaos tech. It's just so nice. Really, really nice. He's also got the Burning Head, which uh, is particularly good in his game that he played in round five, where he was able to do uh, loads of mortal wounds to loads of different big stabby units that were flying around the board uh, in his list. He's also got a unit of Necropolis Stalkers and his Cavalos Death Riders, by the way, were both in Bounty Hunters. So really good, really good into uh, a load of different units and probably quite good into Nighthorn as well, actually, because they're so fast. Love this build. This is an ex This is one of those lists. Uh, oh, and the Shrieker, of course, I forgot to mention, gives plus one to hit to any if you're targeting any units. So if you're, if you're within range, if you're an enemy unit and you're within range of the Shrieker, my OCR Bone Reapers units get plus one to hit against it. So that's also good as well. So really nice. Absolutely love that build. Love that list. I think it's really fun, really exciting. It's got lots of play and it really plays well into loads of enemy armies because you've got some nice anti-magic as well from Arkan the Black, which is good. Um, okay, uh, well done to Swaggy Shadow Sword. Huge fan and great work from there. We also had um, Nicholas Ravity going 4-1 with a Nighthaunt list, Scarlet Doom. So you had Blade Geist Revenant. So when you charge them in, you roll a dice for each Blade Geist Revenant in the unit. So if you've got a unit of 20, which he did, every five up. So 20 dice, every five up is a mortal wound. Uh, and he's got two units of those, so two Blade Geist Revenants. Uh, so two 20s of Blade Geist Revenants and a unit of 10. And three Spirit Hosts to protect his characters, which include Raikonor, the Cruel Gas Cruciator, and the Guardian of Souls. Cruel Gas Cruciator, obviously, for the minus one damage as well. Uh, the Guardian of Souls was the General with Master of Magic and the Arcane Tome. <laughs> as always i'm still winning that argument like four years later yes king callaghan i hope you're well uh in the chat and he's got four mimron banshees as we talked about for the uh spell protection and the anti-spell tech which they provide and then he's got this purple son of sheesh 
for being able to get extra rend or just pop units through there. You're not too scared as a Nighthaunt unit with uh, Purple Sun because it affects, it lowers the, it is minus one to your save character, not characteristic, minus one to your save rolls, importantly, but in addition, uh, like, that doesn't affect your Nighthaunt armies, so you don't care. Like, cool. Like, Sheesh. Uh, then we also had a Nurgle list being run by Sam Wilder. So well done to Sam. And he was running Lord of Afflictions, Bellacor, and then a unit of four Puscal Blight Lords, and then four units of two Puscal Blight Lords, and a single Puscal Blight Lord as well. So doing very much like what I said, all the other uh, versions of this list. I think this is an incredibly good list in the current GHB. Very, 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 very good. Um, and then you had a corn list, which is crazy going 4-1. Absolutely crazy. Bloodthirster of Infected Fury, Bloodthirster of Incensed Rage, Bloodthirster of Incensed Rage, Scarbrand, a Blood Secretor, and the Safe Start and Demon Prince, two units of 10 Blood Letters, and then 10 Gore. Oh, and five Flesh Hounds, sorry. So, of course, you can't charge this army as much as you would like because of the Safe Start and Demon Prince or a Blood Slick Ground, so you can't charge in. Scarbrand is incredibly powerful and will do so much damage. The, blood the two Bloodthirsts of Incense and Rage are incredibly good into Nighthorn, of all things. Because the Nighthorn armies generally tend to play as a little bubble, um, so they play as a little uh, an army like that. Uh, might also be quite well into Sylvaneth, because they generally tend to hang around their trees. Um, and for every six you, uh, you hit with, you'll do mortal wounds in AoE, which is really good, so you can kind of yeet them in and do loads of damage with them. Uh, and then Scar and then while you're waiting for Scarbrand to go in and destroy everything. But going 4-1 is genuinely incredibly impressive to shout out to Duncan Bills for doing so. He should be super chuffed. And then Nicholas True, the final 4-1 with his uh, Bone Splitters. And this was the same list we saw earlier. Savage Big Boss, Wurgog Prophet, Wurgog Prophet. Three lots of 10 uh, Savage Oric War Boys. And then 12 Big Stabbers. 12 units of two big stabbers and he lost in the final round against our OCR Bone Reapers list so shout out to Swaggy there and well done to Nicholas True incredibly good our final event was Clash of Swords being held in Wales uh, at Firestorm Games uh, now Clash of Swords has got a bit of uh, a history to it in the event organiser Mr Mo Asharaf Channel 4 News um was the original person, that's MoComp, MoPoints, was the person who founded Age of Sigmar. Uh, Age of Sigmar and 40k in addition are actually playing War Machine Hordes with the objectives uh, and secondaries effectively. Uh, and it was Mo that basically put that into effect all those years ago and was running tournaments before there were even points in the original GHB. Uh, when he decided to return to the um, the tournament uh running scene, so the TOing scene, uh, I immediately bought a ticket and me and made Nathan Prescott made our way down uh, to that and that will be a, uh, the details of that will be a, another show uh, in the long-winded details. Um, but that event was run, but won, sorry, by um, uh, Mr. Andy Hughes with his Nighthorn army. Uh, he had Nagash, um, he had uh, and he, then yeah, Nagash and the Spirit Torment. Then he had 20 Blade Geists, two units of 10 Blade Geists, and then he had four Mimron Banshees. So not a lot in the list, basically. Yeah, uh, so not a lot in the list. Um, but it's incredibly good. He also had the Cogs and the Purple Sun. The Cogs and the Purple Sun. So um, this is interesting. I actually played against this list. Uh, this is the only list that beat me at the event. 
Um, and Andy went on to win the event, so congratulations to Andy. Um, and it just does a lot of stuff. Uh, specifically, it returns lots of um, uh, wounds back to units uh, through the Spirit Torment. Blade Guys Revenants do some great mortal wounds. Um, I would say, though, the real key to this list has to be the fact that it just makes lots of four armor saves. <laughs> that, seems to be, that seems to be my experience of it. Nagash is great at shutting down magic. Uh, and in conjunction with the Mimron Banshees, probably the best spell protection you can get in Age of Sigmar at the moment. Uh, you've got an unbind at pluses to unbind. And then in addition, you've got an additional unbind. He's a great spellcaster himself. Of course, for doing loads of arcane bolts, um, being able, those blade guys revenants could be minus one to wound and have a five up ward, which with a command ability can become a four up ward. So they have effectively a four up, four up on any damage you do to them, which is crazy, crazy stuff. And they could be minus one to wound. So probably one of the tankiest units you can find in the game at the moment. Um, and then the gash is also pretty good at fighting and just getting in people's faces. Um, yeah, and the Banshees unbind at the casting and not the uh, role. And Andy had to beat some pretty prodigious players to get to it. He had to beat Tom Morsley from Team England. And he also had to beat Chris uh, to get there as well. So uh, Andy had a pretty tough run um, going through this. Uh, he also had to beat Kieran, who's also an incredibly excellent player in his round one. So uh, some real tough matchups uh, to get to the top. So one well to Andy, so that he's in the 4-1 bracket. Um, uh, sorry, he's in the 5-0. He's the only 5-0. Uh, in the 4-1 bracket, there was quite a few people. Let me just actually go find the 4-1 bracket here. Uh, let's go Mo. One second. Um, so the 4-1 bracket was... Uh, top of the 4-1 bracket, so it was me. <laughs> uh, with Disciples of Zinch, which was Kairos, the Cursling, and a Changecaster. And three units of three Screamers, two units of two... Um, uh, Skyfires, the Cronspine Incarnate, and then three endless spells, Horogast, Purple Sun, Sheesh, and Chronomantic Cogs. Um, I generally found that it had lots of, this was all in Hosar Karnum, it had some good anti-spell tech, but it was mainly a meme list to try and put loads of things in the Purple Sun, and I wasn't able to put that much in the Purple Sun, which is pretty sad, unfortunately, but Horogast, incredible spell, really, really good, Kairos is great um, as well, uh, and the Skyfires are really excellent, uh, really good nice msu lots of abilities to move stuff around um and i got some really nice uh matchups uh eddie harrison with his bone splitter list was running a very similar bone splitter list to all the other bone splitter lists lots and lots of big stabbers so well done to him tom morsley was running uh also at 4-1 with a skaven list which we'll go find right now give me a moment to go find the skaven list Whew, boy oh boy let me go find the skaven list um uh, this is going to take me a moment. One second. Da, 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 Tom Wilson. Uh, there we go. So his scaven list was um, a Vermilord Deceiver uh, a with the Devious Adversary and the Magnet Trinket, both of which uh, we've already talked about in the previous Skaven talk. Uh, Lord Screech, Vermin King, and Thanquall and Bone Ripper. Then 20 Clown Rats, 20 Clown Rats, 5 Scry Acolytes, and then 3 Rattling Guns, Purple Sun, Umbral Spell Portal and Laquan the Soul Seeker. So you can cast Purple Sun into your army very early, which is obviously going to help with the rend and potentially kill stuff with all of his pluses to cast. Uh, he's got the ability to do lots of um, damage from those rattling guns with the plus one damage that you get from uh, the Warpstone token or Spark or whichever one of the two it is. So lots of output there. Um, and then Thanquall and Bone Ripper can go in. So loads of really interesting uh, spell list. And again, Tom only losing to Andy going into the final so uh, a very very good list 
there as well. So congratulations to him. And then Mark Wildman with a Nighthorn list also went 4-1. Uh, Hazel Moon, uh, Tom Connell, oh, went with his silver list. I played against this. Oh, poor Tom. Uh, so thanks to Brian Coleman uh, for joining Patreon. Uh, that's awesome of you doing that live while we're on the show. Uh, that's great. I didn't know Tom came sick. That's great. I played Tom. Uh, so Tom's only loss was to me, which was super unfortunate because Tom and me played on the battle plan that didn't allow him to do any teleports. And his list was a four, um, a four teleport list in Dreadwoods. So his whole list was built around teleporting and he wasn't able to do any teleporting in the battle plan that we played. So it's a bit of a non-game. Uh, I would have really liked to play Tom again. Um, on that battle plan, on a different battle plan, sorry. <laughs> no, I want to play that battle plan all the time. A different battle plan so he's got as many options as possible because I think it would have been um, a real, real head-scratcher on what I would have done. So I felt a bit lucky there that I uh, um, that I was able to get through it, uh, which is good. Uh, yes, and what was the list? Okay, um, it was, I think I can, off the top of my head, it was a Warsong Revenant. It was a Warsong Revenant, a Arch Revenant, 15, uh, 15 Spite Revenants, so a big unit of those. Durthu, this was all in Dreadwoods. He also had two units of uh, five Tree Revenants as well. So he was able to, and they were in Conquerors, so they were holding objectives as well, uh, which was really good. So he's got the ability to strike and fade twice. Um, so you can strike. So Durthu can go in, strike and fade, and then his 15 units, his big unit of 15 Spike Revenants can strike and fade as well. It seemed incredibly powerful. Um, I threw some uh, Skyfires into them, and they just ripped the Skyfires to pieces. Did like a million mortal wounds. Uh, so love that list. So congratulations to him. Hazel with a 4-1 in there as well. Congratulations to Hazel Moon with a ride in Eth Deepkin. I think she had a load of sharks in her list as well. Um, in uh, in Eth Deepkin. I'm sorry, I don't know the list. I'm, I'm not going through all of it now as well. Tom Matthews, Soul Black Gravelords. I think he went 4-1. Um, and he had uh, three big characters. I think he had Arkan, something else. None of the lists are online and they're difficult to find. Uh, and then uh, Donald Taylor with 4-1 with Gloomspike Gits. Loads of Trogs. An incarnate and... Uh, <laughs> an incarnate and uh, the Purple Sun. Uh, but I will find those lists and include them in the show notes as well. Um, so congratulations to all of those players. I don't think I don't think Greg came four one, but I think Greg might have come four one, which is the same list as Andy's list at the top. FYI. Um, so congratulations. Okay, so we've got some stuff to uh, uh, Vault E King six more Sar three more Sar uh, two sharks and two sharks. Okay, thank you, uh, Dan Gribano. Thanks for the Dropbox link. All the lists are there. Okay, so I've got the I've got the link to the Dropbox, which I will put in the show notes so thank you to uh the green gobbo uh big love to you um uh right so uh okay lovely so what are my thoughts okay well thanks to rob he put some information together 15 factions are in the top three of events this weekend nighthaunt stormcast eternals obr thunder lizard um uh tl i don't know what tl is actually uh cities of sigmar i death deepkin Bone Splitters, Magkin and Nurgle, Zinch, Stormcast Eternals, um, Skaven, Fire Slayers, Sons of Behemoth, Beast of Chaos, and Sylvaneth. Okay. How did you do the event, Rob? Oh, I went 4-1. Swaggy. Sorry. I should have said. Um, I came second. Um, so, yeah. So, we had 15 uh, factions of our 22, 24 factions in Age of Sigmar, which is actually incredibly exciting. 
Um, the game is really wide at the moment. Um, there are some bad battle plans. Um, and the event I was at, we only played all the bad battle plans. So that's kind of interesting. And I think there's definitely some better battle plans that should be uh, played or they should be announced ahead of time. Uh, the game is really wide. I think it really benefits armies that can play really aggressively forward. I think it also really benefits armies that can do great anti-magic. If you have an auto-unbind available in your army, I really would try and put that into your list if that's possible. But really aggressive forward-moving armies, like very uh, big motion, so like they've got they've got really good range early to go forward. Bone splitters that we saw do well do the same thing. I think that's going to be a continual theme, the ability to move forward, uh, which is really, really good. Um, it's going to be the way that things play. I don't think Purple Sun's scary as it sounds. Um, it's an opportunity cost to win, but rarely comes off. And you've got to play for it, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, but the rend on it is incredible. So you might see it in more lists. You might see people drop it out of lists. I'm not really sure. I think Sons of Behemoth got play. Um, uh, I think Iron Jaws have got play, and I haven't re read any of them out from the weekend, which I think is interesting. Well, overall, I think there's a lot of stuff. But my key point is that I think that it's a player's game. Like, it's uh, the more you play this edition, um, the more and better I think you're going to be at this edition. There's lots of sneaky little tricks. Proving grounds and choosing the proving grounds is very complicated. There's lots going on. I think it's a little rough on casual players, if I'm honest. Um, there's a lot of like stuff happening in that turn before a turn, which is fun. It's nice seeing Ender Spells uh, making their way to the tabletop. Um, I think I'd like to see Cogs changed. I think Cogs is wrong. I think I'd like to see Cogs reroll failed casts only. Um, otherwise, it really is a, a win more sort of spell that armies that can already do well with it will do better with it. Um, yeah, lots to talk about, like loads. Can't wait to see what the stats numbers look like. Um, uh, but yeah, loads of different, loads of different lists, loads of different factions, loads of different playstyles, loads of different armies. Can't really ask more from a competitive game, honestly. Uh, to be honest. Um, so yeah, uh, I think it's great. And there, thus ends. Uh, the 10 or 11 events I've had to cover in this three-hour mission. I want to thank the Twitch chat for helping me doing so. I then want to thank everyone who has subscribed to the show and helped support the show or has joined Patreon to help me support the show. If you don't do that, I can't keep doing this forever. So thank you. Please do join that. It's the very best way to support me in the show. Apart from that, thanks for listening. If you're listening to it as a podcast, stay hydrated. Thanks to everyone on the Twitch chat. See you soon.